Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Matt Lucas. Um, I'm uh, basically on staff here. I, I'm a glorified intern from Fuller Theological Seminary, and I don't have much power at all. But um, I'm really excited about this topic that we're talking about tonight, and I want to know what were some of the things that you all came up with that was the best thing about Lent. Anybody? Eat fish on Fridays. That's right. Some of you are like, what is that about? What's that? Discipline, good. Good. Anything else? Discipline, fish, not very fun things so far. Anybody else got anything? No? Ooh. Very good. I can't really see because of the light, but that was awesome. Anything else? Anybody else? Um... We were really impacted when we decided what we were going to do um, and talk about Lent. And um, it's that classic thing of where we talked about it a lot. Uh, Jeremy's also going to be presenting this evening as well, and, and Lena helped out a lot too. And now that I'm here talking about it, I feel completely scatterbrained and completely like I can't believe I'm going to talk about Lent. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to pray. If you would please just join me in prayer. Father God, we, we thank you so much for these seasons just for these things that we have, Heavenly Father, just to do and be a part of and to partner with you. Lord, we claim that there's a reason why we do this thing called church. God, there's a reason why you love us. And we just want to just come alongside you. So bless these words out of my mouth and Jeremy's mouth. Help us, Heavenly Father, just to be coherent in what we want to talk about. We want to bless you with our lives, Heavenly Father, as a congregation, as a warehouse. We want to bless your name. We give it to you. Amen. So Jeremy and I are going to kind of talk about this thing, Lent, and I'm going to share some, and he's going to share some. And my section pretty much is going to cover three basic fundamental foundational questions that maybe most of you are asking. One is, what is Lent? Two is, why do Lent? And the third one is, what Lent isn't? Um, Lent isn't one of those things that just the Catholics do and just the Episcopals and the Anglicans do and those very organized liturgical churches. It's not just something that they've developed in the last 50 years. There's a lot of evidence that Lent is actually a season that's as old as the church tradition itself. We actually have writers like uh, Arrhenius of Lyons writing in his letter described to his friend on church history where he's describing the season before Easter of where the new converts for baptism will prepare prepare their lives through fasting. And essentially in the early church, baptisms would always happen on Easter. That's the way the cycle was run. And they 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 would be basically preparing all year for their baptism. And that last final push up to Easter they would then fast and prepare. And this is actually kind of where we gain this, this tradition of Lent. And, and what this tells us is, is that actually this is part of our shared tradition today as a people of God. It's not just something for the other churches to do or the other peoples to do. It's something for us to partake in too. It's part of our story actually as, as well, the people of God. Another thing that is it's confusing about Lent is why do we do it for 40 days? What is the symbol of 40 days? And if you actually do the math, it's not 40 days. It goes from Wednesday to Sunday. It's like 40 four days, and that doesn't matter. We want to focus on 40. We want to focus on 40, and that's basically because 
Um, 40 is a common number to dealing with testing purification um, in the Bible, both the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, we, of course, have the children of Israel who walked through the, the wilderness for 40 years before they inherited the promised land. And that was actually an act of purification through decree and judgment of God. God says that the generation that left Egypt was never going to get to the promised land. And he actually walked them around to purify them for a new generation to stand up. Out of that original generation, only two guys ever got in. That was Joshua and Caleb. Um, In the New Testament, we see in the Gospel of Matthew that Jesus was tested for 40 days through fasting, actually, after his baptism in Matthew chapter 4. After his baptism, he goes out into the wilderness in chapter 4, verse 2. He fasts for 40 days, then he's tempted, and then immediately his, his ministry starts here on earth, declaring the kingdom of God. So this number 40 is actually something that that Scripture really kind of brings up. And and, and it is a traditional thing. There's no real... Paul didn't write a letter on Lent. He didn't say, this is how you do it, this is what you do. Um, But it's something that we do as a people of God. And this is something we do as a church. And it's something that we in Warehouse want to honor as well. So then why do it? Well, we've kind of covered some of that ground. Through purification, through um, reflection, through some of the answers that were given. Essentially what this season is, it's a season that we can, as individuals, as a community, take responsibility to prepare for Easter, to prepare for reflections on the death and the resurrection of Christ, which ultimately is the biggest metaphor, biggest thing, biggest um, miracle, actually, of our faith. And it's a season that we set aside in the church calendar to say we as a people... I as an individual, us as a warehouse, are actually going to take time, do something, give up something, or add something to our daily lives to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to take a step to engage God's narrative. I'm going to take a step to have this be meaningful in my life and not just, um, just go through this season and then celebrate Easter and just go right online and right on, right on going and let my Hallmark calendar and let my job calendar and let my school calendar still dictate my life. But in fact, I'm going to want to take this time and actually focus on God. So we do this thing called fasting. And fasting is it's a very, very topic, depending on who you talk to. There's a lot of ground it covers. It's not a fun thing most of the time. Um, a lot of people kind of relate it to not eating, um, not drinking, periods of prayer, penance is a... It's a favorite ugly word that kind of goes around it. But it doesn't have to be that. It can be something else. Or it can be that too. That's the thing. This is also our season, meaning an individual's choice in which to do during this season. Nobody can tell you exactly what's going to be the best thing to do during this. This is totally going to be a thing between you and God and something that you're going to take to God and say, God, what would you have me do with this season? So this brings me to what is Lent is not. Lent isn't legalism. Lent isn't something just to do as far as getting a check in your done good box. It isn't about getting a gold star at the end of the day saying, I gave up coffee. I'm an awesome Christian. I totally understand the resurrection. It's, uh, it's something a little bit more than that. It's not also about sin. A lot of people equate it to that. They equate fasting and, and, and Lent to repentance. That, that is part of it. 
But it's not just, you know, like Mardi Gras, of course, Fat Tuesdays on Tuesday. So Tuesday you can go out and you can party and you can drink and you can be sexually immoral and you can do everything you want because you know Wednesday's coming and then you've got to be straight for the entire Lent season and then Easter comes and Christ is back and then you can go do everything you were doing on Fat Tuesday. That's not how it works either. This is involved in it, but it's not something to focus upon. Lent really is a time for the pursuit of holiness in our lives. It's the pursuit of kind of, of taking a stand and, and, and pushing forward and, and, and striving. It's okay for us to take responsibility sometimes for our lives and say, you know what, God, I, you do so much for me. I want to do a little thing. I want to do this for this. I want to do this. That's what it's about. I want to be holy. I want to be separate. I want, I want to touch you. I want to share in your story. Last year for Lent, I gave up coffee. I already talked about that. I'm a huge coffee drinker. Um, every single morning, I drink an entire French press. Yes, it's a lot. It's, and I drink like tar. My wife can't stand it, but I love it. And uh, I gave up coffee. And literally, I was looking at it as my checked on good box. Because uh, about three days later, of course, I'm having this raging headache. And I'm like, oh, I'll just have this Diet Coke. So I have a Diet Coke. And next thing you know, now, as opposed to coffee in the morning, I'm having Diet Coke every day at lunch. I get through Lent. I'm thinking it's pretty good. I have my coffee on Easter. I'm like, this is sweet. I get to have coffee again. And then I develop that I'm drinking coffee in the morning and having a Diet Coke at lunch. (laughs) What was the purpose of what I did? I I wasted it, to be honest with you. We were talking in the office this week, and Lena asked me, what is the point of giving up something like coffee. How is this going to help me get to a part where I experience on a greater level the narrative of God through the resurrection? What is the purpose of me doing this? And we sat there for a while. We're like, wait a minute, I don't know. I mean, this is kind of what tradition says. And, 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 and we had to come up with a concept that we weren't really, really happy about. And I'm still not happy about it. And I still don't even really want to talk about it right now. It has to sting. It's got to sting a little bit. It's got to hit us right where we are in the day. I'm not talking about anything huge. I'm not talking about selling all your possessions and go living on the streets and walking the earth like Cain in Kung Fu. But it's got to sting a little bit. It needs to be an active sacrifice daily. And I don't know what that looks like for you. For me, it might be coffee again and no Diet Coke. I'm not sure. I'm still really processing a lot of what God would have me do this season. Maybe it's taking public transport or riding your bike as opposed to taking your car. Maybe it's, um, I don't know, uh, no more MySpace text messages or TV. I have no idea what that looks like. You know where you're at a lot better than I do. And God, of course, knows where you're at too. But I really want to stress the fact that it's got to have a purpose. This isn't just something to do. This isn't just something to, to go about. I know I, I just, now I feel contradictory. It is something to do, but it's something to do with inherent drive in your life to meet God every single day. That also means maybe not giving something up, but maybe adding something. Maybe you get up at 6.30 in the morning and pray every single morning during Lent. For those of us that love to sleep in, I'm speaking for my wife here, not me. I get up in the morning. But for those of us who, <laughs> for those of us who, uh, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's your thing. Maybe it's just merely reading your Bible 15 minutes before you turn on the TV. 
Just that simple act for a purpose of meeting God where you're at during the season, focus on on the resurrection. And I don't know what that looks like, but that's what we really want to bring tonight and ask you to seriously think about it. So three things. What is Lent? Lent is a set-aside time in the church calendar for purification, for repentance, for reflection, and for growth with God. Why do Lent? Because it's part of who we are. We're the church, and this is what we do. And what isn't? Legality, a bunch of rules, a bunch of kind of lame things we do that we know we can get away with it, just so at the end of the season we can feel that we did a good job and got a gold star. So, as we thought about this, um, the the key question, and I'm going to just talk a little bit more, try to flesh out a little bit about the purpose behind this, and I want to mention a little bit about what we've done in Warehouse in in the past um, past few years. Um, But the the question that kept coming to us, and and if we're sounding redundant, it's because it's important. The question was, how can we enter a season like this together? in a way that will be more than just an activity, more than just something to do. Um, more, as, as Matt said, the, the done good box, the, the brownie point, the gold star on, uh, on your spiritual grade book. Um, in the past here in Warehouse, we've had, we've had people fill out cards and write down this thing that, that you're uh, taking out of your life. And, and for, for some of you, I'm not saying in any way that what we have done in the past is... is uh, a bad thing, but as we look at it again this year, we must think about what is what is happening. What can we bring into our life that is more than just uh, more than just doing the deed? And you know, it's the same thing that we we come to this place often, uh, week after week, asking the question: How can we be changed as we come in here? Whether it's Lent or whether it's uh, singing together, whether it's uh, spending time in our community and hubs and things like that. How can we be changed? Um, so at the end of this, this 40 days or 44 days or 46 days, it's not, just, uh, it's not just that maybe you lost some weight because you stopped eating chocolate or you're on a better sleeping pattern because you, uh, you stopped drinking coffee. Um, you know, so, some of you have written down in the past years that you're going to stop playing Wii or, uh, or stop playing Xbox. And you know, that's, those are good things. You know, some of you, it's, it, there, it is sting a little bit. It's a little bit hard because, you know, some of you that are giving up Xbox Live where you wear something like this and talk to virtual friends, you might lose some friends. And, you know, that's, that's tough. <laughs> but though, though those are good things, at the end, sacrifice is good, but if we do this activity together and haven't gained anything spiritually, um, if we don't take this time to pursue holiness... Then, then I think it loses some of its meaning. And, and so that's why, that's why we're talking about this today. Um, this, is, this is an important time in the church calendar. And as Matt said, our lives, especially in our culture, are, are dictated often by the Hallmark calendar, by the holiday, the next holiday that, that our culture can exploit. And as Christians, we get to come around. Um, some of you that maybe come from a liturgical background are familiar with this, following the church calendar. We kind of touch on it at times. Sometimes, 
you know, Advent and here during Lent. But it's a great time for us to get our lives kind of lined up in the, in the story of Christ. If you've got your Bible with you, uh, I want you to meet me in Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. And again, if you don't have a Bible, there's some on that table. Feel free to get up even now and go grab one. Romans chapter 6. I want to take some time to look here. Give us an idea of kind of where we're headed. And uh, as Matt so, so beautifully pointed out, we're, we're, looking, uh, we're looking toward Easter Sunday. We're looking for resurrection morning. And we find Paul here writing to the church in Rome. And the church in Rome is a mixed congregation, which I think is important here. Um, it's Gentiles and Jews uh, who are dealing with this culture shock of being together, this paradigm shift, something that was not familiar for these two cultures to be together, and what to do with these two identities that are now sharing life together in powerful ways. What to do specifically with the law that is so important to to Jewish culture. Um, And Paul's building his case as we move from Romans 1 through the first five chapters to say that we find righteousness through faith in Jesus, that we're justified not through the law, but through Christ. And then we get here, chapter 6, look with me starting uh, verse 1. It says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Let me pause for just a second and take a little bit of a tangent. Um, Just talk a little bit, just briefly, about baptism. Baptism is something that very quickly in the church, uh, there there developed debate about uh, all sorts of questions of how to do baptism and and when to do it, what age, all these things. Um, One thing that, that I think we should know about the early church is that the one thing that wasn't a question was when you became a Christian, you were baptized. So it would have been unheard of for somebody in this church to say, I identify with Christ, I am a believer, I, I am following Christ, and not go to the step of following Christ to baptism. It just It didn't happen. And so here Paul's writing to a, a church of people who... Uh, pretty, very likely all of them have been baptized. And we have every indication in the book of Romans that uh, as you look at the very last chapter, there's probably about 30 names of people that Paul knew, knew uh, specifically, personally. And these are people that likely, some of them, he baptized himself. So Paul's saying, again, here, verse 3, don't you know, he's saying almost, have you, have you forgotten that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, 
we believe that we will also live with him. Verse 9. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The key to this message here, as we look through just different parts, I'm going to try to really briefly just touch on some things. The key here is the idea of being united with Christ, of which baptism in those first few verses is this defining activity. Paul's affirming the believer's participation in Christ's resurrection. And Yet, we, we have this focus on resu- resurrection, but look carefully through those first 14 verses, and you see all of this language of death. Look at, look at these words here. Death, die, buried, crucified, mortal body. There's about 20 times that these words show up in those 14 verses. And Paul is emphasizing that new life in Christ is death to sin. And there are, in fact, these two realities here in play. The, the very deep reality that because of Christ's resurrection, we have life. But then we, cannot, we can't separate that reality from the other reality that, we, uh, that we've been liberated from sin. It's what he accomplished on the cross. Through his death, we have life because of him, because of the resurrection there's death on the cross. It, it's, this, it's this crazy, these things happening at the same time, which, which Paul is just playing with these two ideas, back and forth. I mean, look at this. Go to verse 3. All of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Go down to verse 4. Just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too live a new life. If we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection. That's verse 5, like his. Skip down to verse 8. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. And that is the very thing that as we're looking at 40 days, as we're spending this time in preparation, this season of Advent, we're looking to the end of that time. We're looking at Easter morning. Resurrection. And uh, it all just surrounds our, our unity with Christ, being united with Christ in his resurrection and in his death. That's why he can write in verse 10, the, look at verse 10, the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. And verse 11, in the same way, in the same way that I've just described in all these verses, Count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And then we get to the therefore. Therefore, verse 12. It leads us to the purpose 
the purpose really of why we're choosing to do this together. Um, Lent. Read with me. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And here's the key, I think. Offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. This is a concept that that is is powerful and yet I feel is a, is a concept that I grasp so little. That there is a reality that we are free from sin through what Christ has done. That sin is no longer our master because we're not under that law that says that if we sin, we're automatically dead. Christ abolished that. We've been liberated. It's, it's powerful to think about how that could sink in and, and change our lives. Because I believe it can. And I know, just speaking for myself, is something that I need to believe more, that I want to understand more. And so we get to our challenge. Um, Over the next uh, 40 days, starting Wednesday, and typically that's counting 40 days, and you you don't count the Sundays because uh, in some traditions you can take Sunday off. Um, That's up to you. Some people celebrate Sunday, um, and then the other days are... uh, are a part of the fast still. But we're trying to find just one, just one practical way which you can offer yourself to God as this instrument of righteousness. Um, as I said, we've done this a few years in Warehouse, um, and it has been a, a step of acknowledging our, the sins in our lives, of giving something up, sacrificing one thing as an acknowledgement of all that Christ gave up to li- liberate us from our sin. Um, we've, we've had you fill out cards before. Um, but as, as we're saying, we're, we want to see if we can take this a step further this year, um, this time. And, and I think this step further even could go beyond just the 40 days that we're looking at. Um, this idea of being instruments of righteousness, that we can find ways maybe to fill the empty spaces rather than just having, instead just having something to do to stop drinking coffee or to, or to um, you know, stop watching TV or something. That can we be purposeful to not only find something to remove from your life, but also to find something to put in its place? So uh, even if you are abstaining from food, say when you would normally go to, to get an In-N-Out burger or when you would normally go to the jar that has the cookies or the, the chocolate, is to take some time uh, instead to, uh, to, to spend some time in prayer, reading scripture. That's, that's so simple. Um, and, and 
I don't mean to say that that's easy. I mean, that's a, it's, it sounds to me as I'm saying it as such a, a simple example. Um, I think there are better examples. So, something else that takes up uh, time. But these are things that you need to decide, that you need to explore with God and think about. Consider, consider incorporating some sort of spiritual discipline. I, I said prayer and reading scripture, and I, I, keep, I keep saying those words to myself as I think about it, but there's so many things that we can do um, that, are, that are pursuing holiness, this idea of pursuing holiness. I had a thought for myself. Matt got to share his thoughts about himself, so I'm going to share mine. Um, and I'm a little reluctant to share this with you because it might mean that I actually have to do it. Um, so I, I reserve the right to change my mind. I do. Um, <laughs> because we don't start till Wednesday anyway, so I got a whole you know, two days to find something else. I love, 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 sleeping in in the morning. <sighs> it's the best thing. And, and I have this work schedule that allows for it, so not all the time, but I really enjoy that. Um, and uh, as I thought about my own life, I thought, you know, if I'm going to develop uh, any sort of meaningful uh, time with God, if I'm, if I'm going to get serious about developing uh, spiritual discipline in my life, it's probably going to be in the morning <laughs> that I need to do that, that I need to get up and really, you know, be intentional about the way I spend that time. So I'm thinking about that one. You guys, you guys can ask me about it. <laughs> um, you know, really, it could be for, for you giving up that, you know, uh, an evening or a morning. But like I said, not just praying or reading scripture, but you might give up a time to go and do some sort of service activity. Um, you might even be led, you might be led to, to give up watching Lost on Thursday nights at 9 o'clock in the evening. I know that would be tough. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm, I think I'm funny, even if you guys don't. Rather, <laughs> but see, ra- rather, um, rather than this just being some some sort of you know bad habit, as, as, you know, Matt, I don't mean to point you out, but you did share it with us of you know giving up coffee and replacing it with with Diet Coke or, you know, giving up chocolate and replacing it with ice cream. Let's find some things that will actually lead us to holiness, that will draw us closer to God. Um, I, I'm challenged by this because the, the, the concept of Lent, I don't think, has, has sunk in quite this much. And, and, you know, some of you out there are probably all over this. It, I, I apologize that you're hearing Matt and I just go on and on about the way that it's affecting us. But I hope some of you are in the same place. Um, I hope so. That we, can, that we can commit to this. It could be something that you do with other people, and maybe it should be something that you do with other people. Um, at least we should be talking about this. At least you should share. Share with your friends, share with your spouse, share with your small group, your hub. Something we should talk about together. And so, and so we get to... What, what is that thing going to be for you? Um, now, I'm not going to make you make a decision tonight. And I told you, we don't have to decide till Wednesday. Um, and we're not going to make you write anything down in, in stone, at least I don't think. Maybe next week we'll decide to make you write something. 
I doubt it. Um, but we do want to give you some time to just take tonight um, in, in quiet, um, some time on your own, just to, just to spend just thinking about it. Um, I hope that our time uh, is more, more than just me and Matt ranting up here about this, but that, uh, that this will move us to, to take this as a serious step. Um, I hope so. Um, and we'll find some ways in the coming weeks to, uh, to share about it together, maybe, to, um, to keep this on our minds. One thing I want to tell you about that uh, is going on here on Wednesday night is our very own Ash Wednesday service. Um, it's an all-Lake Avenue church event. It's happening uh, in the chapel at uh, 7.30, 7.30 p.m., Wednesday evening in the chapel. Um, definitely come and take part in that. If you've never been to an uh, Ash Wednesday service, it's, it's traditionally this evening that kind of kicks off Lent. It's the, the, be, the beginning, and um, it, it will be a, a very meaningful time. Um, here's my, my kind of closing thought about this, and the thing that excites me, um, the thing that, that I'm just hopeful about, is, is this. How, how great would it be how great would it be for us to come uh, to our celebration of the resurrection of Christ in a month and a half with not only a better understanding of what it means to be united with Christ, um, united in his resurrection, united in his death, but with some specific way that we can look at and say we've drawn closer to him as a result of this practice. So that uh, maybe we have these these habits, these practices. We've been talking about practices and worship. I'm going to spend a little bit more time next week talking a little bit about um, our lives of worship, I'm kind of closing this series on worship. But we've been talking about these practices, and can we get these practices into our lives, into the daily our daily grind? In fact, interrupt our daily grind so that we can meet God. I, I truly believe that, uh, that we can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> um, let me pray for us, and then I'm going to give you some time to just kind of think. Um, think about these things. Think about, uh, think about some ways that you can be thinking, not just of what that thing that you can give up, but... Think about that thing that you can add to your life that would be uh, using yourself, using parts of you as instruments of righteousness that can be pursuing righteousness. Let's pray together. Lord, I... I pray all of uh, all of my hopes back at you, um, saying, Lord, I, I I do believe that you want to meet us, that you want to develop an intimacy with us that is stronger, deeper, wider than we've known. And Lord, you've given us the, the ability to take steps towards you.
you've given us even the ability to take part in something like this together. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would work in the ways that you do and the ways that you are known to work. Um, take our time now as we just kind of think. Um, I ask that you would just speak. Um, speak in the little things. Speak in the major things. <clears throat>